So hi folks, Dave here. Before we start the show, I wanted to let you know that we've teamed up with audible.co.uk and we're offering you a free audiobook. All you have to do is register for a one month free trial to claim your free audiobook, of which there are over 250,000 to choose from. It's a 30 day free trial. It means you can choose a free audiobook, which is yours to keep whether or not you decide to cancel that trial period or not. Free piece of advice, if you're gonna try an audiobook, go for Bill Bryson's A Walk in the Woods. Anyway, sign up at www.audible.co.uk forward slash tech talks. Back to the show. Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast published every Monday and Thursday with David Savage and Jack Pierce. Today's episode is a bit of a road trip. Myself and Ryder, the show's producer, jumped on a train and headed up to Leeds to find out what's going on in technology uh, outside of the London bubble across the north, which is always a bit exciting for someone who's born and brought up in the northeast and is, is keen to find out what's beyond the London horizon. So we unfortunately arrived in Leeds a little bit late. Uh, There was a major incident on the trains that meant we missed the first talk with Tom Reardon from Leeds City Council. However, we did have a chance to catch up with Caroline Carruthers, who's the director of Carruthers and Jackson, and the co-author of the Chief Data Officer's Playbook, which uh, hit number one on Amazon. Caroline also happens to be from Bedlington, the town that I grew up in in Northumberland. So if you notice that my accent subtly changes as this interview goes on, apologies there. Uh, But we talk a little bit about why we don't necessarily think about Leeds or Newcastle uh, when talking about technology. We talk about um, what it is that, that made their book a number one bestseller, possibly because of the fact that it's talking from personal experience and not trying to be cleverer than they think that they are or should be. So we've just arrived at the CIO water cooler event here in Leeds. Unfortunately, we're a bit late due to the trains, as is ever the way. Uh, and I'm very quickly sitting with Caroline before you have to shoot off. I do. Hi, everybody. Uh, how was the opening talk with uh, Tom Reardon? It was brilliant. And I'm on next. So that's a really hard act to follow. <laughs> um, he was fantastic. He waxed lyrically about all the innovations that Leeds are doing. Right. What it's like um, from his perception being a CIO, because obviously he's the chief exec officer. Yep. So he has CIOs working with him. But they're doing a tremendous amount in Leeds to encourage technology in the area, which is why he's so committed to helping organisations like this. I'll be perfectly honest. When I think of regional cities and technology, my mind immediately jumps to Birmingham for maybe automotive, Mm. Manchester because of the hub that it is, certainly with the media city, Belfast even with cyber, and maybe Bristol because it's kind of that secondary choice to London, now London's so expensive. Um, I don't necessarily think of Leeds or Newcastle immediately, which is a shame given that we're both from the northeast. northeast. Exactly, we're both, you know, I'm a big, big fan of the northeast. Yeah, I come from there and B, believe that it's one of the best places in the world. Not that I'm biased in any way, shape or form. (laughs) Well, no, I'd agree. but it was really interesting. So I used to work in Leeds, so I'm aware of a lot of the innovations that they're doing. They've got a fantastic Open Data Institute here. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of different companies here, and they're doing a lot to encourage young girls into technology, which is something that's very close to my heart. Yep. So I think they could probably do with a bit more promotion about what they're doing, because actually what they're doing is amazing. Yeah. And you're here to speak, as you've mentioned, but you've also got a book out, The Chief Data Officer's Playbook. Yes. How long has this been out? Since November. Yes. It's um, yes. It started. First book. First book. Second right. book's out in March, which is 
Not that I've got a deadline to worry about or anything. It'll, it'll all be fine. Um, but yeah, the first book came out in November. It's been a bestseller. It's been on the CIO's must-reads list from Computer Weekly. It absolutely gobsmacked me and shocked me completely. Um, well, why do you think that is? Because you, you, everyone is aware that data and data science is a key part of their strategy. One of the things that I often hear get accused of organizations is they try and start projects without thinking about technical debt and getting their data in, in, mm -hmm. in order first. Is, do you think that's partly down to it or are there other reasons? Um, I think it's partly down to it. I think it's definitely right place, right time. So yep. I'm not going to knock the little bit of luck that's involved. It always helps. Yep. Um, but I also think that we wrote the book deliberately to be inclusive. So we didn't use particular terms. We didn't try and be cleverer than I think we are. Yep. We state in the book that we don't think we've got all the right answers. Mm -hmm. It's deliberately a playbook because it's things that we've done that worked, things that we've done that haven't worked, and we've been honest about that because we don't want people to fall down the same trap. Peter and I feel very strongly about this sense of a data community. Um, and the reason I think the book's been successful is because it appeals to you don't have to be a data evangelist to understand what's in there. Yes. It's very simple and easy to read, deliberately so. Everybody uses data. Everybody should be able to understand what to do with it. Out of interest, do you find that it's, it's the large organizations that are looking at this and thinking, you know, the large enterprise organizations where there is that technical debt, or is this playing equally well for, for smaller organizations who are growing rapidly and building data in at the beginning? Um, I'm finding it down to both, but I think I'm in a wonderful position where a lot of people talk to me because of the book. It's given me, I, I've learned so much more in the past year than I think I had yeah. done in the past couple of years um, because people do ring and ask questions and get involved with things which is fantastic and um, the big organizations are really interested in it but they're carrying a lot of legacy so mm. they have a massive amount of technical legacy that they have to deal with so that whole technical debt I guess that they've got themselves into if you spend a couple of million pounds on an ERM system you need basically don't want to spend a lot of money trying to tweak it just because they haven't got the data architecture right sure it's part of it so a lot of the newer organizations are managing to get up to speed a lot faster. So being big isn't the advantage that it was. Yes. The interesting innovations that are happening around data are um, happening in more, what do you have, class of startup countries than startup companies. So talking to places in Kazakhstan, South Africa, um, I was out in Johannesburg recently and I'm going out to Riyadh and Dubai uh, next week. Um, talking to them, because they don't have legacy to deal with they just mm. decide they're going to do something so they do it they're doing some amazing innovations there's a, a part in africa that have decided they're going to create a smart city so they basically found a flat piece of land and went yeah, right yeah. this is where we're building a city the innovation they're doing is incredible absolutely well look i know that you've got to speak soon it's brilliant to have a small amount of insight but uh, i don't want to bug you too much when you when you're preparing but <laughs> don't worry thank you for spending a few minutes to talk to us no problem thank you the second chat of the day that we recorded was with Sarah Tulip. Sarah is Ops Director for Software Cloud Limited and was a delegate there on the day and touched on the theme of women in tech and inclusion. I often think of London as being somewhere that's really at the forefront of inclusion and diversity, but the impression that you get from talking to Sarah is the sheer number of of women uh, groups and meetups and organizations, volunteer organizations that is working with young girls to try and make them aware of the, the opportunity presented to them across the digital space that you don't have to be technical. Uh, and the other impression that I got from her is that 
women across the, the north of England are coming together and forming informal communities to share knowledge in a way that is absolutely vital if there's going to be progress across the north uh, and, and, and sharing of, of positive ideas. So we've grabbed a, a few minutes with Sarah and I feel quite guilty because you're enjoying a suite and doing some work <laughs> and we've come and interrupted you. That's okay. How are you finding the day so far? Yeah, so um, it was great to see uh, Tom opening today. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously the CEO of the city um, and he's a fantastic inspirational speaker and also gave a real insight into the city and where we're at at the moment yeah. um, and really while we're striving to be uh, digital leaders you know, in the UK and the wider, wider playing field. Just very quickly, how do you fit into, into the tech scene? What's your kind of role? I mean, I know you've got yeah, several yeah, different yeah, okay. roles, but... Yeah, so um, I work day-to-day -day as operations director for a business called Software Cloud. Yeah. Um, so we're a cloud-based business management consultancy. Uh, but what I also do as well is um, get involved from an education level, working with an organization called the Head Partnership. Yeah. Uh, working down to the level of um, one of my events is a, a girl tech where we have 110 13-year-old girls and we talk to them about actually what you know taking a, a GCSE in a digital subject means so opportunities with companies like Sky um, Jet2 and really what you know being a cybersecurity specialist being a project manager it's not just all about coding and really digital it's a wide space um, and also you can have a job within digital and, and not have to be a, a, a digital person um, I work then with uh, lots of different groups. So we have a group called She Does Digital in the City, which I'm really passionate about. We have Empowering Women. Yeah. Um, so we've got a big uh, event next week for Ada Lovelace Day. Right, okay, cool. Um, um, so we also have a, a, some smaller groups as well. So some of us as tech female leaders in the city get together. So sort of at director level, we get together and have like drinks and talk about the sort of problems that we face and how we can drive people. Um, I work with Northern Power Women. Yep which is not just purely technical um, and, and IT-driven, but um, as the world is becoming more digital, it's really important that um, there's a digital agenda across the, the, you know, the, the female piece as well, that we're not just like, talking about diversity, we're talking about real issues and real business issues. Just, just on the point of the events that you run, how long have they been running for? Um, so working with Girl Tech's been running now, that's coming into its third year. Right, because I've, I've seen a lot of, of, a lot of, I don't know whether it's, I don't know how much of it is anecdotal and how much of it is based on kind of evidence, but there's a lot to suggest that the girls in particular, they will do very well at STEM subjects up to a certain stage and outperform boys, but then not carry it through to education. Yeah. And that's where the pipeline issue is. For some reason, they need that extra encouragement to continue those subjects on into university and careers, or, or just to leave school and go into those careers. Um, are you seeing a positive effect from talking to the girls when they're 13 for them to have the confidence to carry on in those subjects? Yeah, and I think one of the things is continue those conversations because you can they can have a fantastic event like Girl Tech, but then they don't, you know, don't come back. And it's about having that regular touch points with those people. Yeah, there is a big social thing, you know, that um, still uh, Tom earlier talked about uh, mental mental health in young girls. Um, and there's a you know a behaviours that are expected that young girls go on Instagram you know want to look like this want to behave like that and really digital doesn't fit in there so I think it's it's two things I think the things that we're doing is opening the world and saying this is what out there and it isn't just you know being a techie yeah, yeah. Uh, but also like it's cool um, oh yeah tech so, can be yeah. creative and glamorous and interesting yeah. and, and it's about role models it's like yeah, creating yeah. role models in tech that it's not just you know like. I have a dinner that I put together as part of the Leeds Digital Festival, so we have a digital festival in the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's empowering, empowering females uh, within tech and digital, 
And again, that was all about getting girls from university level right through to CEO level in a room. Um, I got KPMG to sponsor it, they were fantastic. But what it meant was that people, young women are very uncomfortable quite often going into a KPMG mm. environment, but they might be working in this really cool tech company. And that was about helping them go on their careers and their journeys and just you know, like feeling comfortable, being able to ask questions. Um, quite often you might be the only girl in the team yeah um, and sometimes that can be a little bit isolating when you're looking to, to move forward just out of interest you've mentioned that you work kind of with a number of women across the region I sometimes get frustrated that Leeds Newcastle Manchester all kind of get lumped in together in the same pool because they are different cities yeah. are there things that you can learn from each other where different things are happening I, to I totally agree with you so Tech Nations are a really good initiative it was Tech North it should become Tech Nation so but um, have relationships with the guys who run those across the different cities um, and there's some really cool things come out of that and collaborative learning yeah. so there is um, some really good hubs um, and meetups and things that go on where we do collaborate I think Northern Power Women's a really good one to, to pull the cities together yeah. um, and that's done really well there but I think yeah, the more we pull together as a Northern Powerhouse uh, and uh, do work as collaboratively even as cities then we become stronger as well yeah, yeah. Um, and that's also not just like the northern cities it's working across the uk yeah. um, and, and learning best practice across the whole whole country look thank you for, for letting us steal a few minutes of your time no thank you for i know this talk's to about to start so <laughs> yeah, we'll, okay. uh, we'll, we'll shut up thank but, you uh, very much thank you just before lunch, I sat in a talk titled uh, How Do You Fit an Elephant in a Mini? And I caught up with Neil Dunlop, who was uh, talking about this particular principle just before grabbing a bite to eat. So I have ambushed Neil at the, uh, the end of your talk. You're from Infinity Works. I am, yes. You were talking about fitting an, an elephant in a mini. Yes. Before we get into that, who are Infinity Works? So Infinity Works uh, are a solution delivery consultancy. Yeah. Um, so we help uh, our customers solve business problems using pragmatic tech. Uh, yeah. So many strap lines, things that do, do as they think. Uh, but basically, it's all about delivering value using the right tech. That's us, basically. We've been in business about uh, just under four years. And we've gone from nothing to in Leeds to about 125 people. Right. That number changes every day. Um, <laughs> it's getting bigger every day. Um, and it's, it's been great. You know, the business is doing really well, really enjoying it. Uh, delivering some great solutions for our customers. So it really works. So what, for the uninitiated, sorry, uh, what is the elephant and what is the mini? <laughs> it's fairly simple, really. It's a bit, it sounds a bit tenuous, but the, the elephant is your current business. It, right. It's your current probably very successful business. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. The mini is, is the constraints of our business. It's all the habits. It's all the things that you, you have to do to do business, all the things you believe you have to do to do business. And obviously getting the elephant in the mini is the challenge that you're currently facing. You, you want to change something. You want to move something forward. Uh, and that's the premise of the talk, really. Now, you gave some examples where you kind of describe the idea of, of cutting the roof off the mini and changing the, the, the constraints around the business or putting, putting the elephant on a skateboard and Yes. kind of burning the whole thing but you're just moving it a little bit yeah how do you how do you know when you go into a business actually what approach is right to take um i suppose it, you know and as came up in the talk lots of talking lots of collaboration and i suppose a lot of it is experience we, we've been doing this uh for over four years i guess if you count the, the years that people worked on similar problems outside of infinity works um, we've solved some fairly hairy problems in our time uh, and, and just that experience of, of knowing uh, the problems that people face. We, we get to 
peek behind the curtain of lots of different businesses and, and see how they've solved it and see how we can contribute. And we can share that with other customers. So it's a real joy of what we do is that we get to work on lots of interesting things, lots of really, really tough challenges. And you can take that learning and accelerate another client really quickly. Um, so I suppose experience is the big winner, really. That's where it works. Well, look, thank you for letting me steal a few minutes. No problem. Time, so I won't keep you, but uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. A fourth chat of the day was with Andrew Besford, whose ex-cabinet office uh, is from the northeast, but has moved back to the region from London, discussing why it is that he's come along to the event uh, with CIO Watercooler on that day. And, and what he articulated clearly was that in London, the community tends to bump into each other. Very obviously, London is a fairly small geographical area. There's huge amounts of people involved in the tech industry in London, but you don't have to travel very far to meet up with each other. Whereas here you're talking about cities that actually it's it's easier to get from uh, Manchester to London than it is from Manchester to Newcastle. So making sure that the region has a collective voice is particularly important um, and, and the innovative ways in which they're trying to do that. So we're chatting to uh, Andrew. Andrew, do you mind just telling us very quickly who you work for? Uh, so my name's Andrew Bassford. Um, I've just left after a stint working in central government. So yep. I worked for the cabinet office up until May and um, I'm here because I've just moved back to the northeast. So I wanted to reconnect with um, with the CIO community in uh, in the north, so that's but the proper northeast. You've travelled south. north. I have travelled south for an hour and a half. Um, yeah, so um, being so a fellow Northumbrian, it, sorry, I always yeah. thought of Yorkshire as being quite southern. So yes, that's right. Yeah. So uh, so travel from Newcastle today, yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's a good location. It leads to get everyone together. Yeah. What? Why? Why did you come to today? Obviously, you're connected to the to the tech community in the southeast. What was it about the the Northern IT Leaders event that really appealed? Uh, so I think there's something about uh, something about this group where we tend to bump into each other in the south, and there's something right. quite powerful about everyone getting together in the north, because there's an awful lot of interesting things going on, and we all spend a lot of time moving around, and. Um, and bumping into each other in London is great, but actually there's a lot that we can do together here in the north. And I think that this is quite a new group that's come together, um, largely prompted by a few people being very proactive and bringing together a kind of, you know, sort of, sort of WhatsApp group and um, people who shared the same concerns and were all in the north and sort of brought together by some, uh, some common themes around their roles. And... I don't think there's been a thing exactly like this before, so I was really keen to get involved in this group. Out of interest, how's the dynamic different? Because London it is this little ecosystem on its own, it's a bubble, whereas here you've obviously got Newcastle, you've got Leeds, you've got Manchester. There are distances that, yeah. that separate these cities, and I, yeah. I sometimes feel it's disingenuous to those cities and their heritage to group them all together like we often do, but at the yeah. same time, I can understand how working in collaboration is a positive thing. Yes, that's definitely true, and there's... There's an element of we can all get to London quicker than we can get to each other's cities yes. sometimes. So there's definitely a kind of transport infrastructure angle on that. And that comes up in a lot of conversations at events like this. But I think also there's, there's something very important about us having a kind of collective strength around, you know, a voice for the North and the mm. kind of work that we're doing. And so... Uh, so it's important to kind of come together and talk about it on our own patch, which has been very, very powerful today, I would say. So look, we're, we're about to head into the last talk of the day, but very yeah. quickly, if there's one key message from today that you've taken away that you think is, is particularly pertinent, what might that be? 
that there are loads of great things going on in technology in the north and it's a great place to work and a great place to be so you know real sense of how do we keep the momentum behind that and grow the region is a great place to do technology perfect look thank you very much for spending a few minutes pleasure thank and, you uh, it's always nice to talk to a fellow northeast <laughs> our last chat of the day um just as all the talks had wrapped up was with the final speaker uh joe graham who is the technical director at morrison's now as I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm from the northeast. I was born in Newcastle. I grew up in Northumberland. And the one thing that I can tell you, unfortunately, when I was growing up, and I'm, I'm nearly 34 now, was that the northeast had more of a inward-looking view to LGBT um, issues than possibly other parts of the country. I, I think it was possibly harder for some of my uh, gay friends at the time to come out in the northeast. Uh, than possibly it might have been had they grown up in the southeast. So making sure that an organisation like Morrison's is inclusive of all people, be it women, be it transgender, be it gay, bisexual, is really important. Not just that either. Mental health is something that Joe talks about. So uh, Morrison's has now implemented an autism hour across all of their shops where for an hour the lights are dimmed and the environment is better suited to children with autism so that parents of, of children with, with that particular learning difficulty feel more included. So it's a really interesting chat to finish the day off on, just making sure that organisations from across the whole country are thinking about people from all different types of backgrounds and facing different challenges. So we're at the end of the day at CIO Watercooler here in Leeds and we're joined by Joe, you're the technology director at Morrison's and you gave a really, um, I thought it was a really powerful talk earlier actually, all around diversity and inclusion within Morrison's and, and some of the, I suppose some of the initiatives that you've implemented throughout the group to, to promote inclusion. Yes, I have. Um, so what I was keen to do today was not just to focus in on women in tech, but to say if you're, if you're um, keen on diversity, then what you have to do is be all-encompassing. Yep. So, and as an organisation, we're lucky in that you know, we're food makers and shopkeepers. Yep. So we, we have loads of ways of making sure that we embrace diversity across the whole of our workforce and also with our customers. Yep. So we've recently um, introduced Autism Hour on a Saturday morning in all of our shops if you go in. It's extremely quiet the lights are dim um, and we've worked with the charity to really understand what would make a difference and we've had great feedback from parents mm. around how, how much more included they feel being able to take their children on what other people consider to be a normal part of life they can do their shopping something that really resonated was was your, your comment about pride you mentioned this was the first year that yeah. morrison's have been involved in pride uh, my wife is is a woman in technology uh, she's a project manager and uh, she'd wanted to be involved in Pride this year and actually was met with the reaction of, oh no, we, we don't actually want straight people, it's not your cause. Yeah. I won't say the organisation that she works for, but that annoyed me because my dad's transgender and her brother is gay. Yeah. And it just seems bizarre that you would have something like Pride and not be as welcoming to as many people who want to support and advocate uh, equality for all as much as you possibly can. So it was really refreshing to hear that that was a message that is absolutely resonated throughout the organisation. Yeah, I mean, we, we've... Um I don't want to say the phrase actively encourage the LGBT agenda because it kind of, it's a bit like women in tech is it yeah. shouldn't be singled out or actively encouraged. It's it's just another um, way of, of being inclusive and, and why wouldn't you want 
top talent irrespective of kind of gender or sexuality um, and when certainly when we did Pride um, I reckon the, the actual people involved on the day from Morrison's were probably 50-50 uh, 50% um, LGBT, 50% straight allies, um, and and you know, and even on the day, nobody assumed you were one or the other. Yep. People were just there, and, and it, yeah, I found it quite emotional. Um, in the you know the the persecution of a population because of their gender preferences, it, it's no different from you know women or the working classes not getting the vote, or yep. you know, it, it's all it's all just about um, social inclusivity. And, and being a diverse organisation, it, it just shouldn't matter. It's about how good you are at your job and what you bring to the party. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's the end of the day, so I don't want to keep you too long, but one other thing that I was keen to find out, you brought four, four I don't want to assume graduates, but apprentices along today. Gradu they're all graduates. They are yeah. all graduates, yeah. but they're not necessarily from computer sciences degrees. No, you made that all. point. Yeah. How have they found today? Um, they never loved it, actually. I mean, yeah. they, I, I asked them to tell me my slides because I, I kind of put a load of information on the paper and I thought, that looks really rubbish. I need people who are probably way better at this than me. <laughs> um, so, so they're three weeks in. So they've, I asked them if they'd help. They were keen to help. They've adopted it as a mini project, which is that in itself, and they've collaborated on it and they've enjoyed doing it. And I thought it'd be really good to actually bring them along and see the context of how they're being used. But more importantly, you know, they should be the CIOs of the future. Um, um, and it was great this morning we heard from Leeds City Council around how they're trying to attract more of the students that study in Leeds to stay in Leeds yeah. and all four of them are ex-Leeds uni students who've chosen to stay in Leeds and I think if, if you if you want to do that you have to be an organisation that attracts people to want to stay in the well, place they've studied. Whereabouts are you from? I'm from all over. I'm, um, I was born in Gateshead. Yeah. Uh, my dad was in the army so I spent eight years in Germany. I had five primary schools, total army brat. Uh, moved to Northamptonshire, studied in Nottingham, and I've been in Yorkshire about 20 years. I think you make a fair point. I was hosting a panel the other day, though, where, uh, where I was talking to a CTO, and, and he mentioned along the, uh, something along the lines of, oh, we're in London, and there's so many opportunities in London, isn't it fantastic? And I kind of turned around and went, uh, and, sorry, and he said, but it's a shame that there aren't the opportunities in other parts of the country, and they're not aware of these opportunities that are in London. And I turned around and I said, well, where are you from? And he said, Oldham. <laughs> and I said, well, that's interesting, because I'm from Newcastle. Um, but I've never been back to my school to talk about the opportunities that are available to people. So that point about opportunities and staying in the region, I was never aware of opportunities in the Northeast when I was in my early 20s. Mm. And I can certainly see that that's a bridge that could be improved upon. Yeah, and I think if you're an employer that reaches out to the community and, I mean, we're, we're about to um, start doing hackathons with the local universities yeah. um, and we're partnering with our charity Click Sergeant, so we're going to ask the, the charity what are the problems that they need to solve in a tech um, perspective and then we'll we'll bridge the gap between the charity and the um, undergraduates in, in our northern universities and, yeah. and run a hackathon competition um, but that then starts to help with our brand because those undergraduates start to realize that you know we, we are there and that we're serious about attracting talent and that we're an option for them yeah look I really appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with us um, I you're probably very busy lots of people to want to talk to you so uh, thank you but enjoy your evening thank you I hope you enjoyed the five different interviews. It's good to get a perspective that isn't so London-centric every once in a while, and it's always fun to get back in the north of England. Um, do keep listening to the podcast. Uh, on Wednesday and Thursday this week, we're going to have specials 
coming to you from Lisbon, uh, where 70,000 people are going to be converging for this year's Web Summit. We'll try and bring you as much insight and latest thinking from that conference as it goes on. Uh, And then, obviously, next week we'll be back with our usual regular type of show. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye.